welcome to episode 64 of Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howard, and I'm here in an echoey room with the physical form of Christopher Taylor. I have manifested! <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in Chris's house again. Yeah. It's, it's nice that we're in Chris's fancy new office. Which is a little bit echoey, I admit. We've put every available towel in the house in front of us, so if it sounds echoey, fuck you, we did our best. <laughs> we really tried. It was either this or record under a bed, and we're both quite large boys. <laughs> that would have been awkward and uncomfortable. Well, yeah. The tension would have been unbearable. As ever, we are here to answer your questions. And by your, I mainly mean the Discord, because Reddit really screwed the pooch on this one. Really fucked the dog. It really got balls deep in a dog yeah. this week. So why don't... Actually, we need to do an intro. We always we always forget about the intro. We always forget about intros because we're so eager for the questions. This week's intro is the UK Games Expo. Yes, we were there. And so were, I, like, some of you, weirdly. Mm, a lot of you were there. Um, one person came up and said and said the trigger phrase to me, alluded to in last week's episode. Yes. And netted himself a free game, so congratulations. Uh, so I say one person... Hundreds of people could have come up to the store when I wasn't there. <laughs> yes. And just said, hi, I'm Hearty. And everyone's like, what? What? Get away from me, you weirdo. No, uh, I don't think that happened. We went to UK Games Expo to sell our games uh, We, as part of our business arm, Rowan, Rick and Deckard. Mm-hmm. And it was exhausting. Oh, it was crippling. Um, Chris, who has the tired disease what's it called again ME yes yes what does that stand for myalgic encephalomyelitis that's pretty cool thanks um, Chris has that that's why I chose it <laughs> Chris has that so standing or putting on shoes is exhausting for him <laughs> let alone stocking an entire stall full a, of regrettably heavy hardback books I'm a medically sleepy boy <laughs> So, uh, we did that. We sold a lot of books, which was nice. We did. We sold them with our friends at various other companies. There was James Isles of UFO UFO Press. Press. There was Christopher Longhurst. Of Certain Certain Death. Death I always get them confused. And Um, Becky Anderson and Josh Josh Fox of Black Black Armada. Armada. And we sold games. And we pimped other people's games. Yeah. I mean, like, sorry. Pimped is a dirty word. <laughs> yeah, that's not literally what we did. Sold. We didn't, we didn't get them back after. <laughs> <laughs> Nor did we dress them up in a sort of Tim Westwood sort of way. No. However, we did that. It was physically exhausting. We're both still kind of dead. I got maybe about two and a half hours off the whole time that we were working there, which yeah. I was not required to do. I, 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 was only, I was only on for about eight hours, I think, yeah. over the weekend. But I was like, no, I've got to hustle. I'm going to sell these games. Yeah, we got the seller's crack. Yeah. It grips you. Let's let's move on from all this talk of nerds and games to oh, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. Let's talk on. Let's move on. Let's talk on. Let's right. Fuck this. Let's trot on. Let's stumble artlessly into the main <laughs> body of the program. We all float on down here. <laughs> Ask me a question, giant horse. <laughs> I shall ask you a question. So Charlie X asks, have you used flashbacks in a game? How? And did it work? Yes. Okay, next. Great. Yes. (laughs) I love flashbacks because people never expect you to do them. Yeah. You have to be about one and a half to two drinks in and you go, flashback two. And then if if someone's trying to establish a fact, um, you make them flashback to that happening. I've had a great deal of fun with and that. And kind of get them to 
to prove it, get them as to it pl- were. Get them to play it out, because, because like, it's... I mean, it's a fairly common improv tactic yeah. of being like, let, let, let's flashbacks. Like, you've got the kernel of a gag here, let's explore that gag for a bit, and then, like, we know because it's a flashback, it doesn't have to hold much water. We just, like... It's a, it's a, it's a what's the word? Framed scene. Yeah, but it gives you much more freedom, because it doesn't have to really have any bearing to what's going on right now. No. Because, like, if it's, if it's... I did bring 50 foot of rope with me. What what caused you to bring fifty foot of rope with you? Rope, get your rope. Fifty foot free. Is is it safe? It's legal. There's a sign. <laughs> it's all fine. It's all fine. We we had this in the game with Jason Statham's Big Vacation. Uh, the the security guard named Security Guard was was a was a military veteran, and right. so they ref so like he referenced the time he was in Vietnam learning how to fight with a spoon or some shit, and then. In that in that flashback, he then flashed back to Korea, a previous <laughs> war that he was in, but we goofed out the reverse. So so it went modern day Vietnam Korea, and then back out Korea Vietnam. But then we didn't quite do it right, so we just went sideways into the bit where Jason Statham played all of Metal Gear Two in one scene, <laughs> <laughs> and, and had to reverse back through Vietnam and out into the modern day. Oh, good lord! You've got you've got to maintain your intro and outro you on a flashback. Man. Yeah. Well, I think that I think they're tremendously funny. Yeah, I really well, like you them. wrote an entire game about them. Oh, one last job. Yeah, come to think of it, yes, there is that. <laughs> That's published in German this week. Yeah, in a very strange format, which it's, I quite like. It's quite it's a sort of a um, landscape. Yeah, role playing book. It's like a landscape A five and a half, and it's got nice art in it. It does have nice art. It's pretty good. If you speak German, go to systemmatters.de or as they'd say, de. <laughs> And uh, why not order a copy of One Last Job? Or you can get it in English from our website. You can get it in English, but it doesn't exist physically. I guess you could print it out. Yeah. Don't. Or do? I don't know what the if law you're is. If you PDF, I don't care. Yeah, just don't, just don't sell it, yeah? <laughs> and don't sell it for a lot. <laughs> Trade it in a barter system. Kick some back to old Uncle G. <laughs> you know what my PayPal is. Have you used flashbacks? I, I have. I kind of do it more for preparedness checks in Trail of Cthulhu and things like that. Like, okay. You've got to justify why why you think you'd have this thing. Mm. Um, I admit, I don't use them to their full potential mm. like you tend to. Well, what the full potential of making people laugh at the, like, for throwaway gags. Not just gags. that, but just like making a full scene out of a flashback. Yeah. I, I generally just do it as a, as a quick aside. Mm. You did this. Let's move on. Yeah, like tell me how that happened. Yeah, um, and keep it rolling. Keep it more in the present, because I tend to run more horror games. Yeah, if you flash back too hard into yeah. a not horror situation, you can you can kind of blow the mood. Yeah, and it's it's useful sometimes for breaking that tension. Yeah, like the the kind of the traditional. Oh, it was just a cat in a bin. Yeah, you know that made a noise. And I, I quite like the idea that you don't you don't have to break the um, the tension of the actual scene. Of the of the location, but you can break the tension by flashing back to a time when everything was really nice. Yeah, that's really useful. But if you if you overdo it, yeah, then it just becomes you know a happy shiny bit in the middle of horror, mm. and that doesn't quite well, work sometimes. Well, you know, contrast, light and dark, chocolate and vanilla, <laughs> sunrise, and sunset, sunrise, sunset, sailor V. A man becomes a boy. A boy becomes a man. I don't, Does that work? The first bit. It's like it's a sphinx riddle. Oh. It's one of them new Pokemon. <laughs> I got a question. All right. Phoenix Gravin writes in and asks, "Ideas for underwater adventure." So the first thing you got to you got to the hurdle you must leap 
for underwater adventure. That's, that's going to be easier underwater if you do Ideally, yes, just from over it. Yeah. Um, is how are your group underwater? Are they fish people? Are, are they, they scuba divers? Are they unlucky? <laughs> are they going to die in under three minutes? Is this going to be... Are you going to have to pipe in that music from Sonic? <laughs> can, I, can I just know? The raw human terror oh. of watching Sonic die. It's awful. It's proper, like, and, and, the, and the rising music. It's mm. proper, it's sick what they put that hedgehog through. Because normally, he just hits a thing and goes, ah! And, and rings like, fly out. Yeah, rings fly out. Or, like, like, like he, he puts up his hands and then goes up and then flies down off the screen. Yep. And, it's, and it's like, it's like that doesn't, we know that doesn't actually happen, but that's, if, if he touches spikes, he springs off the screen. Yep. It's like, it's an implied death. Whereas you have to watch him die. Watch the water flood his lungs. <laughs> and like, on the continue screen with tails uselessly pounding on his chest trying <laughs> to get the water out. Live! Uh, Live! I love you! <laughs> so yeah, like, first off, you've got, to, you've got to work out why they're underwater. Hopefully that should be apparent. Yeah. Like, I really like the idea of films like The Abyss... I've not seen the um, Is that the one with the big shiny circle? Yeah. Okay. Um, and where you've got kind of personal sub- submersibles. Well, because they're not... No, sorry, I really like the phrase personal submersible. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, for, for sections of that... Is it reversible? It's, it's a reversible personal submersible. Okay. I'm glad I said that. I'm quite proud. Um, you didn't need to rehearsable. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a, a wetsuit and a helmet. In right. certain sections, because they're under incredibly uh, yeah, deep yeah, pressure, yeah. they're in those like incredibly bulky, look like crap power armor. Yeah, um, and I love I love the the vulnerability of that. Yeah, in deep seas. Well, we were playing with that for um, when we were when we were designing. Well, I, I got you in to help me design uh, the deep. Yeah, which is a game about going into Hades in a space station. Yeah, Hades invades a space station, not the dude. Event place. Horizon, the RPG. Event Horizon, but Greek. Yeah, basically. But you, but you had you had these Aegis suits, and if and like the deal is, if if the Aegis suit was punctured, you died. Yeah. And so, it, like, it, like, all damage was simply your Aegis suit holding up. And I quite like the idea that that there's this quite thin layer of there's a very final thing between you and death. Yes. I am especially interested in underwater adventures that take place in Rapture-style analogs okay. or flooded bunkers. But like a an environment which contains both non-flooded and flooded places underneath the underneath the ocean, or you know, uh, somehow water's been pumped up there. Yeah, and it's it's nice to have kind of in quotation marks safe areas. Yeah. that aren't water. Also, I so I'm watching like the Blue Planet, that sort of shit. Right? Yeah, Blue Planet Two came out last year, I think. Brilliant show, wonderful. Do watch it. Lots of. I mean, we are destroying the oceans, and David Attenborough stopped coyly alluding to that and just spends 10 <laughs> minutes at the end of every episode saying, you're ruining it, you dicks! But it's pretty good aside from the guilt trip. And there's there's, there's always a couple of, of episodes about, oh, here, here we are in the open ocean. That was, sorry, that was that was a that was, um, really bad David Attenborough impression. Okay. Here we are in the open ocean. Here we go. And there's just shot of, you know, the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these fish have returned it. How do they know where they're returning to? There's fucking no landmarks. There's nothing It's out just there. the sea. That's why the sea is the worst. The sea is... Well, yeah, you don't like it, I do don't you? like the sea. It is... It's a bit like the Arctic, but with fewer bits. Yeah. And, like, it's harder to drown in the Arctic. Well, yes. That's true. Well, 
Not 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 for long. <laughs> Very true, David. Just more sea. But yeah, um, there obviously there's all sorts of cool stuff downstairs. Yeah, but when... <laughs> in the deep downstairs of the sea. <laughs> yeah, the basement, Earth's basement, <laughs> where SpongeBob sea. is. Yeah, there's documentaries. I I just I I struggle to wrap my head around having a fight or an adventure just in open water. Yeah, because you, it's a bit like having it in the middle of the sky. You can just go anywhere. It doesn't. It but, do, I don't feel. I don't feel entertainingly constrained enough. But also, like, the physics of it are kind of iffy because if you try and punch somebody underwater, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you need a knife, don't you? You need. Yeah, you need something. You need but, a tool because you can't move your arm fast enough to hurt someone. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you need a, a harpoon gun. Yeah, and that lends itself to a kind of comedic co- combat under underwater. The harpoons. Yeah, you think they're funny. I think they're fairly funny as weapons you, you, go. You've never, you've never seen your old man get run through by a harpoon off the east coast of Maine, huh? No, neither have you. As opposed to the west coast of Maine, which is fucking inland. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. There's a pond near housing <laughs> estate. That's the west coast of Maine. Does Maine have a coast? Yeah. 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 Jaws takes place in Maine, doesn't Why it? Why not? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so I like the idea of a rapture or a flooded bunker or a perhaps some sort of, like... If you want to get really wacky with it, a flooded zeppelin. <laughs> and Four rooms and an enormous balloon full of water. <laughs> we didn't think this through. <laughs> but like this will never fly. Place, places where, <laughs> yeah, so a flying flooded zeppelin rather than just like a zeppelin someone's put in a, in, in, the, in the sea. <laughs> but there's or like or like uh, like a, a, um, a capsizing um, boat. Yeah, like a, like a Titanic situation. Your Titanic's your. Um, 70s disaster movies sort yep. of thing I think there can be a lot of fun with that but obviously you put it in Dungeons and Dragons because that's all anyone plays yeah I think also you've got to think about what sort of villains you're facing underwater now can you pronounce it can I pronounce what the villainous fishman what are they called villainous villainous fishman Sanguine. oh the Sahaugen Sahaugen I believe is how it's pronounced Sanguine I don't know I've always called it Sahaugen Sockhog Suck hog. Suck hog. Fish dudes with tridents. Fish dudes. We've got fish dudes with tridents. You've got deep ones who are slightly tubbier fish dudes. Yeah, there, there's a problem with, with deep ones. If they're <laughs> almost becoming comedy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. I've never looked you in the eye while I've done that I've done that voice before. It's, How is that for you? It's pretty arousing. <laughs> Turns out that's what I'm into. I've got a mouthful of something. <laughs> um, Aboleths. Aboleths. They were key in the Night Below campaign. A lost dog. How is that the villain? Um, it just it, it, it just wants to get home, but it's willing to do anything to do it. And it's got it's, <laughs> it's driven. It's got one of those old-fashioned like bubble scuba helmets. Oh, I thought you were going to say a rough. Just it's just like swimming around. Beef and rough. <laughs> what? What's what this? The mime I made. Yeah. Uh, that was the, that, that was the leather plug which goes around the leather band. The, the leather plug. The, the leather band which okay. goes around there, which forms a seal against the dog's. I guess he needs a wetsuit. Yeah, we'll work it out. Uh, and then he, we'll do it in post. he has he has he has a big spherical bubble helmet, and all he wants is to get home, and he's willing to kill. <laughs> well, I mean, you've also got like environment <laughs> as enemy. Just imagine because the players don't have breathing apparatus, so the dog's just mocking them, swimming <laughs> through the open ocean. <laughs> <laughs> environment as enemy. You've got environment as enemy. Mm-hmm. In that you're going to drown. Is it fun to drown in a role-playing game? I think if you make that part of the game, yes. Like it's the same. It's the same argument of like rations. Are they fun? Mm. If you make it part of the game is is about organizing your food and running out of resources, yeah. then yes, they're fun. I think I think having like 
an abstract danger mechanic rather than, oh, you've lost five hit points, you're losing X hit points around. Uh, that doesn't really interest me too much. But being able to say, all oh, right, you're at danger three, and yeah. then once, and basically once I roll under that danger or what have you, then you're fucked and you need to be rescued. And if you can't be rescued, you're dead. Yeah. That and, sort of thing. And that's interesting because mm. that makes like malfunctioning equipment more important. Mm. Um, and it makes where the air pockets are really interesting. Yeah, I, I never never really get too excited about it when it happens in a video game because it's like, well, I know you've put enough air pockets in here for me to survive, I just need to point forwards. Well, that's why um, talking about video games, Hydrophobia was so interesting. Yeah, Hydrophobia! That was so interesting because you didn't even the game's designers didn't know where the air pockets were because it was procedurally generated rooms. Yeah, there's a reason why it didn't do too well. <laughs> yeah, but there was something wonderfully terrifying about mm. cutting open a door and then being knocked back by the force of the water, I think, I think suddenly got, filling the room. There was something quite quite fun about it being procedurally generated, and that, sure, like you might get dicked on sometimes, but the idea was like it felt like you were playing a system rather yes. than rather than solving a puzzle. Yeah, like the Resident Evil games are a puzzle, which you there can is solve. a correct way to yeah. do them optimally. Whereas, like, we don't know how the water's going to behave, guys. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of it's it feels much more not realistic but it, it, it lends it verisimilitude rather than I'm, I'm playing Uncharted or what have you okay cool I'm going to swim forwards I can see some light up there I'll know I'll go up there and surface and like I'll, I'll nearly run out of breath but I don't run out of breath mm, but it was really nice being in a room and, and swimming up to the surface to find out you've got like two inches of, <laughs> of, of air yeah. that you can inhale and then go back down again and that's that really ups the tension mm. I don't think I'd like to play that game I think I would be too scared really yeah you know what my fear is I have two. I have two fears. One is of a room that gets smaller, like 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 a crushing room in all dimensions, or just like the roof coming down, or does it matter? Does that not matter? Is that um, is that largely academic? The roof's the worst one, but the walls I don't like very much. Either. No, I'm thinking like all sides coming at once. That's not physically possible. Piston on the floor, piston on the walls, piston on the ceiling. Oh, and then what? But like the, they'd start hitting each other. You need to have like rails, nope. so it just magically yep. shrinks. Someone grabs it in unity and makes it small. Yeah. That's like I can't imagine that one. Okay, so that's, that's less scary. But like, like, like the ceiling coming down—that really freaks me out. The other thing is of a an implacable foe that that moves towards me without visible movement. Okay, so like gliding. Wait, no, sorry. There's three things. <laughs> no, like, like, uh, like you turn and then turn back and then the guy's there and then you right. turn away and he's a little bit closer. But the sorry, the actual thing that scares me is something that keeps getting bigger. Like, let's say, like there's there's a monster that you spook and it starts growing in size. Okay. Uh, and getting bigger and bigger and coming after you. Oh, that shits me right. Like up. like Akira. Um, that kind of enormous yeah. growing creature. Well, like Akira, that was that, that that felt like out of control growth rather than growth in response to anger. Okay. Which just for some reason, re there's this bit in Futurama. Where like there's this chef cooking an alien, and the alien like gets angry, starts growing bigger. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. It's one of my irrational fears, like your fear of potato. That's not irrational. They're gross. Potato. What, what do you call them? Eyes. Tentacles. Eyes are the little nubs. Yeah, I don't like them. The um no, but you, you don't like the long lads that come out. Yeah, the the things that come out of the eyes of the creature. Mm. It's grotesque. Questing tendrils. I don't like it. That's fair. Um. Maybe you ask me a question. I will ask you a question. Uh, fans asks, any tips for putting together a good mystery plot? Yes. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you. What's it worth to you, fans? <laughs> you, you said earlier when we were looking at these questions, just write a novel. Yeah. Go on. So, one of, the thing, one of the things about a good mystery plot, like a really 
satisfying one-shot mystery plot is that you know what happens. Right. Um, and that you know roughly the responses that a player is going to take so that you can prepare for them. Mm. Um, and that's why I said write a novel, because planning for those eventualities and having those clues in the right places yeah. makes a mystery novel feel slick. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying fun, but it feels professional and slick. Well, it's, it's the advice for gumshoe, which is simply write the plot synopsis for, for, for a mystery novel and yeah. then have your players stumble through it awkwardly. Yeah, and like that takes away an awful lot of player agency mm. and an awful lot of fun. Well, like it's kind of fun to unravel the mystery. It's kind of fun to be like, oh, hang on, so these clues here, oh, I understand. But you're only it's only going to be as fun as your GM is good at putting things together. But also, it doesn't have much correlation to the rules of the game. Go on. Because most of it is you figuring out how clues put together mm. and then telling your character. I suppose the, the, the rules of the game in Gumshoe are your character can see this, therefore you get the knowledge, yes. you get the information. But there's not like a role to just put things together. No, I'd that, that, that feel it's like the idea role in Call of Cthulhu. It would feel very dissatisfying if there exactly. was one. Whereas if you think up the basic plot of a, of a mystery, mm-hmm. and then you think up the core, as, as Trail of Cthulhu uses it, the core clues mm. that you need to know to find out how to get there, mm-hmm. and then just run with that mm-hmm. and put those core clues in at certain points. Yeah. That can actually feel as satisfying, and you're going to have more fun running and playing it. The most crucial thing to, to remember is if the player could fail and it would stop the game happening, don't let the player fail. Yeah. Don't don't make them roll. Just do the thing. Don't make them spot hidden. Um, I think the like the, the other advice is brilliant advice from the Alexandrian blog, which I think I've mentioned before on this I podcast, so, yeah. which is uh, three. You, you need to give them three clues for each clue. So you need to give them three ways of finding out each piece of information because players can get two of them and still go, I don't know, and and, and draw the wrong conclusion. Yeah. But the third day, they're convinced. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think there's something really fun about mystery plots in terms of like like players discovering and uncovering information because like they can. The the core idea of Dungeons of Dungeons and Dragons of role playing is a mystery plot in that you're trying to uncover information and then act on that information to do well. Yeah, I mean, even if it's as simple as where is the treasure? Where is the treasure? Or like, if you think of vampire, like who's acting against us? What are their what, what are their motives? Who could, what what can we use as leverage? Yep. So that's kind of fun. I just think that quite often it, it it winds up being like there is one solution and there is one right way to do it, which is not fun. Yeah. And I think that the the traditional like the, the the best advice I can give to any GM is to find the adventure. So whatever your players do, it's it's not that the adventure is there and the players must go and play it, but whatever the players do, you find the adventure in that. And I think whatever whatever the players do, you find the mystery in that. You find you you link that back into your main. Yeah, I mean that's the big skill of running mystery games is to let the players do whatever the hell they want. And still get to an endpoint. Mm. Still get to an interesting, satisfying endpoint. Being able to take a clue that was um, an ancient occult text mm-hmm. and turn it into a website that's linked yeah. to from somebody else's blog that yeah. they've been researching. Being able to take a clue, change it, and make it interesting and relevant. Yeah. The I mean, the, the fundamental thing to understanding this isn't very funny, but it is quite useful. Is that nothing exists until you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've just written it down and you haven't told the players about it and they don't know it, then that doesn't that hasn't happened. That it doesn't exist. Right. What you need to what you need to do is, is think in terms of motives and potential, 
And so NPCs can act, which obviously is going to make things much easier if you've got the capacity to have a mystery, a, a mysterious cult of mask-wearing loons turn up halfway through because the players did a thing. Yeah. If you're acting in response to their actions, then then you're finding the adventure. Their actions are having, uh, what's, what's the word, ramifications, and yeah. that's good play. But also, like, oh, I think it'd be really cool if there was a fun scene in the basement, rather than when the players go into this basement, roll a spot. Ah, when like, they step on the sixth step... And just just put stuff in basements. It's fine. Yeah, we none all know stuff in basements. None of it exists. We're it's just fine. making it up. It's one of the reasons why I quite like Trail of Cthulhu's drives. Yeah. Because you can just say to some, you can, you can say to people who are like, "But it's dangerous in basements." Yeah. yeah. We know. You'd love it. Get down in the basement. <laughs> what are you playing? Get down in the in basement. Magic hound. Magic hound. This is someone who's really addicted to magic. I don't know. It okay. doesn't make a lot of sense in retrospect. I like it though. Thank you. I got a question for you. Ask me a question. This is kind of um, associated. How do we have a horror game that doesn't use imminent violence against the player as its threat? That is a super difficult question. Nah, it's not hard. Okay. What is the answer? Hurt the, hurt the family. I, I still. I guess, I guess. Yeah, he does specify against the player. I hurt their family. Take their stuff. But take their stuff doesn't really feel like horror. Lock them up in a room. I would argue that's still violence. Okay. Um, what are the other uh, what are the other sanity tracks in Unknown Armies? Just hit those. What's it? Isolation. Violence, isolation. Helpless, helplessness. Helplessness works. And um, strawberry. <laughs> Vanilla. <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Like, like, the core of horror is finding out. It's finding out that... Finding out something that someone cares about and threatening it in a way which they can't stop it. If they can stop it and they have means to stop it, then that's an action film. Yeah. That's action. That's that's adventure. If they can't stop it and they feel helpless, then that's horror. Yeah. And you've got a variety of different situations. Like, I mean, an, an obvious one, the use of imminent violence, is there is a werewolf, it is trying to kill you. Yes. Right? But you can have an, a, a, a solid horror game by just having somebody alone in the woods at night... Mm. With no threat there. Yeah, because it's an imagined threat. Because it's an imagined threat, but also you've got the thought of just dying in the woods because you mm. can't find your way out. Does body horror count as violence? Ah, oh, it is invasive. It's invasive, yeah. Like like rearranging people's innards horrendously. Yeah, that's violence. Well, but not with a stick. <laughs> but, but with, you know, alien An science. whisk. <laughs> One of those like swirly. Egg yeah, whisks. one of the old timey egg whisks. Not enough of those. I think it's tricky, but I think that you should you should offer a broad range of horror, and it's confusion and not knowing, and then grim realization is important, and perhaps more perhaps more horrifying than having a big hairy dude run at you with his claws out. Yeah, but also just take stuff from them. Mm-hmm. Shoes. <laughs> one shoe. Like contact with family. Mm. Like it's if you're playing a modern um, game, just take their phone. Oh man, what, what the fuck would we do? How would I not check Twitter? But also, like you, you can't call the police. You can't call oh, anybody. Yeah, can't call for a taxi. I don't know what time it is. I don't have a torch. Yeah, you, you literally lose all your powers by your, your superpowers. Can I do very basic maths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you can you can rob a player of a lot of lifelines. No. I will say it's generally pretty unsatisfying. It's like, I'm going to call for help. Oh, your phone doesn't work. Oh, you must be in a dead spot. Oh, there's no signal. No, but here. you can Lip, steal them. That's different. Yeah, like the hillbillies that catch you take yeah. your phone and then and, and then let you run and give you and like and and tie an axe to the stump of your arm. Yeah, go. 
Like, that's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a weekend I'd like to go no, for. No, but it's yeah. a cool game. I don't, I don't have a, maybe we could try that. That sounds like, kind of sounds like fun. Maybe there's something fun we could have with that. Well, there's some woods nearby, <laughs> and I've got an axe. <laughs> Leave your phone here. Oh, okay. I forgot what I was going to say now. A horror game that doesn't use imminent violence against the player as its threat. Although we did just say that was a good idea to do that. No. Um, but you can also take away people. Mm. Um, if you're using a sort of bonds system. Um, of personal contacts. Yeah. Have them uncontactable. Yeah. Like when when you're calling home to see if your if if your spouse is is okay, yeah. nobody answers the phone. I think taking comfort away, yeah, is important. So like um, changing what people think is true and taking away sources of comfort. So their their home is invaded, their home is burned. Yeah, um, their home is occupied by an entirely different set of people who will not let them in. And it's like, no, we've always lived here. What are you talking about? Or yeah, and even things like say they're part of a an occult society that, mm-hmm. that meets in a cafe, mm. and you know, like you've set the first six games, you start and finish in this cafe just as like an end cap, and the next one, like, so you're standing in the street. What are you doing? Mm. Oh, we're going to the cafe. Yeah. Uh, what cafe? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? No, it's it's very difficult to represent, um, to properly represent madness and insanity uh, and mental health problems in role playing. Yes, for sure. No one's quite done it yet. Unknown armies comes pretty close. They, ha- they they take a good stab at it, but no one's quite got it yet. It's a, it's a difficult thing to yeah. to model. However, I think you can have a an interesting level of the confusion and the unsettling nature is as what you said. Just start saying things aren't true that are true, and vice versa, because um, unlike ha- unlike not having any sort of consistency. So like have it like when they go to the cafe, there's no cafe, yeah, and then next week they meet in the cafe, and like. You like I when I've been when I've been at, at my worst, it is quite hard to hold on to concepts. It's quite hard to remember things. It's quite hard to stay stable and realize what's true and what's not. Yeah, and so and, like, and also like your your memory's playing tricks on you. Yeah. Nothing else. And so cinematifying that. Yeah, is that a word. Cinematification. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let us see why not. Yeah, do that. Fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fuck with them. Don't kill them. Fuck with them. Whose question is it? That was Will's. Oh, okay, but whose who's turn is it to ask a question? Oh, okay. Uh, my turn to ask you a question. Yay. Dylan asks, mm-hmm. I've been randomly assigned a roommate for a conference without my knowledge. How do I establish dominance? Mm. You're going to need to mark your territory. First. Okay. So, so you want to get in the room first. That's key for almost every idea I have. <laughs> <laughs> Rope trap. You want it so like, so like, uh, like the, the initial idea I had was like shit in his bed. But... <laughs> Abrupt. Abrupt and possibly, like, it might come out who did that. But if you can mark your territory, like, take over as much of the room before they get there. Mm-hmm. So get your stuff out. If if there's any communal spaces, like a desk, take over more than half. Yeah. Leave food out. Piss in the corners of the room. <laughs> Piss in the corners of the room. Just, just, just to, to mark your territory. Okay. Um, put your trousers on their bed, but also <laughs> sleep in your bed. <laughs> I like that. Have you have you shared a, a a room with a roommate in any sort of situation like this? Not that I not, not that I've not known. Because you like you and I have slept in the same room, but yeah. not. I think we've ever slept in the same bed. No, I think so. No, you you thrash around a lot. I do. And you make, I'm a thrasher. You make a horrendous noise with your head oh, when, you, when you fall asleep. Yeah, that's good. Like someone trying to clean a drain with a bear. <laughs> and the bear's into it. The bear's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, my idea. Mm-hmm. 
is so they're approaching down the hallway to the room. Right. Oh, I see. And already they're seeing the trail of rose petals. Nice. That well, it's a different kind of dominance, but yeah. And then they open the door, mm. and you push the beds together. Mm-hmm. Candles. Candles. Mm-hmm. Rose Ritchie. petals ever, everywhere. Lionel Richie or Vangelis. Vangelis, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you in that kind of have you ever seen that picture of Sean Connery in that sci-fi film where he's in like a little tiny pair of red pants well he's holding a revolver we're holding a revolver are you holding a revolver yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you have the moustache as well oh if, if you yeah. can do the moustache do the yeah, moustache yeah, yeah. so you point the gun at them yeah and say now we can decide who gets which bed one of two ways and see what happens. Do you have any plans for the ways? No. Oh, I see. Like, you, well, what, what, what do you find you suggesting? Say <laughs> a game I like to call Russian roulette. <laughs> you seen this? There's, there, there, there's um, water balloon roulette. Um, no. What is that? It's 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 a gun with a handle for a, with, with a holder for a water balloon on the right. End. Okay. And then one of the chambers has a pin that pops the balloon. Oh, okay. And you hold it to your head. And pull the trigger, and if you lose, it sprays you with water. Okay, I guess. I mean, we used to play that with Nerf guns. Yeah, but that seems a bit weird. It's a bit for children. It seems a bit odd. Yeah, it's a bit like those uh, those strange games which force your mouth open and they have you speak. Yes, <laughs> those are chilling. Your, I think your your sexual threat is an issue. Okay, well, it wasn't really a sexual threat. It was a sexual invitation. Right. Okay. Because there's only one bed currently. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. That's why I said push the beds together. Yeah. I. Yeah. I think so. You might want to hide in the room. Is this going to end with you might want to hide meat around the room? No, no, no. It's your, mate, it's your room too. <laughs> yeah, but you this, know where the meat this is. This isn't a round of hide the beef. <laughs> Sorry, where's the beef? No. You establish the setup as, as before. So you get everything sorted, everything mm-hmm. planned. You know, you've got like you've got your toothbrush out on the side. Um, also, like if just like for later on, if you can move their things to places where they don't know they are, that's very good. You know those little cups where you put the toothbrush in hotel yeah, yeah, rooms? Yeah. All you do is you put your toothbrush in and then tape over it so that there's just <laughs> enough room for one toothbrush in there. <laughs> Fill it up. Yeah. With pennies. <laughs> you just nestle your toothbrush yeah. in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mine. Now, you, um, you get the... Uh... Label the taps. <laughs> mine. Yours. You take the hot one. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice you used my half of the plug hole. <laughs> if, we're, if, if we're going to be together for this conference the next three days, there are some ground rules we've got to get um, sorted. When you're when it comes to night and everything's okay, you kind of calm down. After <laughs> <laughs> the initial hubbub of you dressing up as Sean Connery, and you each and you've each just gotten into bed, mm-hmm. so definitely still awake. Yeah, yeah. You need to immediately get up with your duvet and then yeah. lie against the door. Ah. And just like, no, this is just how I sleep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I just start playing an old gramophone. I was, I was imagining a trumpet. <laughs> just, just, just like as, as, as you turn off the lights. Like, like, okay, cool. See you in the morning. Good conference, by the way. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then, and then, like you hide the trumpet as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you played the trumpet. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just falling asleep. Oh, you know, there's some people put on music. Yeah, I'm just snoring. Yeah. <laughs> just when I snore. <laughs> I was thinking you should hide in the room so you get everything set up and make that happen. And then there's got to be a place like the wardrobe would be quite good because most people don't immediately come into the wardrobe. That's true. Um, 
or like the like if there's a shower curtain, you can hide behind that. Most places. I'm thinking curtains. under the bed on a skateboard. That's good. So oh, you can just quiet. slide out. Yeah, that's good. Um, cli- hey. Clinging to the roof like Spider-Man above the door. If you've got the strength for it. Yeah, if you can sound Fisher, do yeah. this. Because what you want to do is they come in and say, Hello? Oh, oh. there's no one here. <laughs> They're wrong, aren't they? You're here. Now, the longer you can stay hidden, the better, because you can do things like rearrange the toothbrushes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to gaslight them. I want to establish dominance. And at the moment, this is the room establishing dominance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is very true. Taking all the pillows? Yep. I didn't. I didn't think you'd want this. Sorry, I've got a bad neck. Having a st- having stickers with your name and address on it, and putting it on their luggage. <laughs> putting it in the middle of their bed and covering it over with a duvet. Yeah, just put it on everything. Actually, no, I've got it. You know, when you walk in and like and like, you make it clear which bed is yours, is the one you're sleeping in, or like when you're sharing a bed with another person, you make it clear which side is yours. Mm. None of that. The whole room is yours. <laughs> you come. Take all the duvets and all the pillows off and bundle them up in between the two beds and form a nest. <laughs> Release ants in there. Take all the toilet paper and charge a pound a sheet. <laughs> Demand they hand over their key card and you will let them in if it's time. <laughs> you can never leave the room. Teach them there. the secret knock. What's the secret knock? It's very complicated ah, okay. and it changes every day. It, invol- it involves a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> And a phone call. I think that should be enough. I think that, that should yeah. be enough. Yeah, got, uh, I'll see just punch I, him. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, you can just hit him a bunch of times. Yeah, just really work him over. Uh, I assume it's some sort of, because Dylan's a scientist, some sort of science convention. It was so, It was a, It was. was an astrophysics and biology. So I think if you could, like, be doing science when they come in. Like an astrolabe. Or, like something very old-timey. Yeah. I, I was imagining, like, a series of um, alembics. And, yep. Um, That's good. Um, what's, what's the, distillers? Yep. Distillates. Uh, like those nice big wide-bottomed um, beakers, type beakers, things, yeah. Multiple primary-coloured fluids flowing together. One of them needs to glow if you're gonna if you're gonna achieve that. Mm-hmm. And like, let them know that you're and, and and you wear the lab coat. You're wearing the glasses. Your mm-hmm. hair's tied back, and you let them know that just because this is a conference, you're not gonna stop doing science. You're a real scientist. Did they even bring a Bunsen? And also, before they or you say hello, you mm-hmm. need to list your qualifications. <laughs> Possibly just like staple your CV to your chest. No, no, you just every time somebody tries to talk to you, you just interrupt them and tell them all of your qualifications. Dominance asserted. Question time. Question time. What TTRPG set in in or near modern day has the most comprehensive skills list? Asked Mr. Hoopers from Reddit. Mr. Hoopers <laughs> then goes on. I'm going to assume Mr. Hoopers' gender. Also, he says, what do slash don't you like about large skills lists? Do you prefer skills in packages or kits? Skills lists is horrible. Skills lists. Oh. It's like Game Master. I hate the phrase. It's GURPS. It's GURPS. Yeah, I mean, it is GURPS. It's That's GURPS. the one that wins because they keep releasing new skills in the Yeah, there's so Are many. Are they still making books for GURPS? I hate to Are think. Stop- Shouldn't they have run out of things to imagine? That's not true. They've run out of things to simulate. They can do very specific things within each of the universes now. I don't get it. I don't get skill lists. I don't get when you get big long ones, or like ones which had different uses for build computer and use computer. Yes. Those, those were different skills Climb in the game I wrote. Acrobatics and athletics. Stop that. I, don't, I, I get that they're different things. But unless, term, unless your game is about that, unless your game is about the fucking Olympics, yeah, and you also have a curling skirt, different different Olympics. You also have a um, 
Volleyball skill. <laughs> volleyball. Beach vo- volleyball. Beach volleyball. That's that's an Olympic sport. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Speed- really? Yeah. Speed walking. That's not an Olympic. Yeah, it's Olympic. What have the Olympics come to? Well, I mean, like we 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 had, we had the speed walking race in London 2012. It was like down the streets oh of London. Oh my god! I, I think like the, the deal with speed walking is that you can't have both your feet leave the ground at once. But you have to move as fast as possible. So they do this sort of weird sort of teapot walk. We'll have Olympic drafts next. That's not... the. All these things are physically challenging. Speed walking is physically challenging. Mm. You can't do slow walking. No. But then I'm not trying to be in the Olympics. No, that's true. Drafts doesn't... It, I think that's why there isn't Olympic darts. Olympic flipper coin. Olympic push-ups. <laughs> Just heads. Uh, I'm out. Olympic magic the gathering. <laughs> That would be good. That would be bad. That would be a. It would be like normal Magic the Gathering. Yes. Except, I guess the people would be. The nerds would win. <laughs> I'd like it if, like, if they still had to train properly. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe just like triathlon, but instead of biking, it's a round of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Triathlon. Triathlon, but instead of swimming, it's pedalo. <laughs> instead of running, it's having a nap between the pedalo and the magic. Triathlon, but instead of ped- instead of. Pedalo. You have to grab onto swans and have them pull you. <laughs> that I would try. They're not happy. Man, you you need a beefy swan. Yeah. I don't know. Like you probably weigh as much as about two four, swans. Three swans, maybe four swans? Maybe. Yeah. They've got hollow bones is the issue. Oh that's true. But they've got a lot of might. They do. They've got that arm breaking might. I'd like to see a druid with a swan companion. I've never seen that. That would be so graceful. Wouldn't it? Well in the air. You have seen this fucker's land. <laughs> they land like bricks land. <laughs> or a, a goose companion. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Like a guard goose. A finch. That's too small. Fin- Big finch. Finch go- Colossal finch. <laughs> it's a robin the size of a football. <laughs> it's a really overfed robin. Everything else is normal size aside for its big red belly. Brelly? Brelly? Belly. Breast. So like, I've got a big fat robin and a tiny parrot. Those are my companions. Together, we fight crime. <laughs> Got a big fat robin and this cat who cannot wait to eat the robin. <laughs> who has been growing larger each day until its mouth is large enough to accommodate the robin. I've been teaching it snake tricks. <laughs> Got to unhinge its lower jaw. Um, what's the question? Skills lists. Yes. What do you... Do- what, the real question is, what do slash don't you like about large skill lists? I don't like the way which they tell the player no. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like, oh, I want to do this thing. Have you got the skill? I don't know whether I have it. No, I don't. Yeah. Like, um, Slay Industries uh, had different skills for every possible kind of weapon. Uh, but, like, sorry, rifle, pistol, heavy, that sort of thing. So yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not crazy. Yeah. Rifle, pistol, heavy. It had another skill for auto-support. Auto-support. Now, what which, is auto-support? Which was controlling your full auto-fire. Oh, That was no. a separate skill from use gun. No. So you had to take skill and you had to take put points into auto support if you wanted to hit with your three round burst at all. It's a separate skill check. That's trash. It is trash. And there's a lot of problems with Slay Industries. I, yeah. I, I I really I really like the setting. I like what they're doing and like the way in which they confer they're fairly brisk about the setting and they they what's the word? Show it rather yeah. than tell it through products and through like the gun fetishization and things like that. But Yeah. Too much. Too much. Um, I I remember Seventh Sea had um, skill kits you could buy like knacks. Yeah. And like, and like and like you bought the profession sailor and that came with five knacks inside which like balance, boating, knot tying, um, picking up women and dropping them at forty five degrees <laughs> so they kiss you that sort of thing. Catch swoon. 
I think you can catch a... Oh, yeah, sweet, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like that, because it was like, oh, I want to be a sailor, but that means I get these things. And it wasn't like, I want to be a sailor, what skills do I need? It described the skills in terms of which I yeah. can understand and buy them as packs, which was cool. Yeah, and I mean, one of the big problems with skill list is you always get the bastard child skill. Go on. You always get one skill mm-hmm. that just really shouldn't be on that list. But it had to be there for... But it n- not even had to be there. Mm. There's always one. I, I, I draw your attention to operate heavy machinery. Yeah. Like the rest of their skills on the Call of Cthulhu list at least made sense. Mm-hmm. Operate heavy machinery, nobody took. No. Because you... <coughs> You need to get into a JCB for it to be, for it to function. The the interesting thing about skill lists as well is that every skill has to be as valuable as the others. Yeah. Because generally all skills cost the same. Uh, I think that the one exception I can think of in the Gumtree system, in Fear itself, you can take Flea, which is half the points of athletics. Yeah. Uh, half the cost of athletics, you can only use it for running away. Cool. Love it. Brilliant. But that's tied to the system, and there's that yeah. to the setting, and that works wonderfully. But... You can't so so like let's let's say like in Call of Cthulhu, operate heavy machinery is worth as many points in terms of character currency as a cult or yes uh, you know, library s- use library use stealth yeah. notice that sort of thing and so I think that needs to be addressed because if you try and if you try and operate a game where you have every possible approach not all of the, not all of those approaches are going to be as valid. And if it's in such a fine graded thing as like a point out of a hundred, yeah, then. Ugh. Yeah, and like, what your skill list is, is going to inform how people interact with your system and your yeah. setting. It's a, list, it's a list of possible actions. Yeah, so if you've got a load of random bollocks on there you don't need, yeah. that's just going to make your game crap, mm. if nothing else. Like when, when we wrote Spire, because we are game designers, let's talk, yep. let's, 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 talk, let's talk like professionals for a second. Okay. When we wrote Spire, we, we went through quite a few drafts for what we wanted the skills to be and how dense we wanted them to be and how, bra- how broad. And we ended up with, I think, nine? Yes. Yes, because there's the, the, there's nine noble families of, of, of the drow because there were nine skills and we couldn't think of anything else to yes. <laughs> So we've got we've got nine skills and we want those to, we want those to cover pretty much anything you could do. Yeah, they were broad categories. Oh, um, blaggable in that you yeah. could apply them to different things. Yeah. I think that's that's a much more that's a much better way of doing skills than having a hugely detailed skill list because it requires mastery of the system to yes. tell stories. I need to know. Oh, um, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a, a private investigator. So I've got the investigate skill. Oh, you don't have the track skill. Yeah. Oh, you don't have the um, look through holes cut the newspaper skill. <laughs> I like that. That's a separate skill. Paranoia, by the way. Um, has um, four. It had four skills in every, uh, under every stat. Okay. So the stat says I think there's um, violence, moxie, brains, and mechanics. Okay. The four stats, and there were four under those aside from violence because I was like, we don't need four. We've got athletics, guns, and hitting. Sure. And that's all we need under violence. It covers everything. And one of my co-authors was like, no, we need four skills. I'm putting in thrown thrown weapons. Like, okay. That's covered by athletics. Not anymore. Wow. Thrown weapons, that really incredibly useful skill you have in Paranoia and use all the time. Nobody's going to take that. No! Like, if you touch a grenade in Paranoia, you've died. Get a new character! Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, um, and so, like, and that, that was there because he wanted to have four skills in every box. And it's like, there's no need. No. There's no need to, to satisfy your weird desire for symmetry. That's, that's painful. And, yeah, I think 
the skill list is such an important thing in games, and we like it's far too. If you look at say Dark Heresy, I do not know what the skills are in Dark Heresy. No. I kind of know what the skills are in All the Darkness. I ran Dark Heresy for two years. They're not all written on the in character sheet. That's not useful. No, there's like, but like, like you have you have forbidden knowledge and knowledge and like institutional knowledge and knowledge brackets forbidden. Yeah, and so forbidden knowledge. So, but like you have you have forbidden knowledge Imperial Guard, which is the things you're not supposed to know about the Imperial Guard. Then you've got knowledge Imperial Guard is stuff that's commonly available about the Imperial you, Guard. So you can have the secret knowledge of the Imperial Guard be higher than the common knowledge of the Imperial Guard. I believe so, yes. Ooh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You also have, um, you get the skill, shoot this gun, mm -hmm. but like shoot this, it's, it's not like shoot pistol, but like shoot pistol which fires bullets, rather than pistol which fires heat, or pistol which fires lasers. And if you don't have that, then you're rolling under half your stat to hit with it. Okay. And so I'm, one, I'm just trying to work out the vast difference where it harbors your skill between, well this pistol shoots bolts of light, and this gun shoots bolts of light. This, this rifle shoots yeah. bolts of light. I don't know how the rifle works, though. Let's wrap this up, then. Christopher. Grant. Let's say, the person listening to this, so, so handsome. So stunning. So stunning. It's that, like, wearing a new jumper, I think. Like, they, they have a new blouse. A it's a smashing blouse you have on. very fetching. I love, what you're, I love what you're wearing. I love how everything looks and how you are. Let's say this person... Wanted to give us some money. That would be lovely of them. Where would they go? They should go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice Friends. That's right. That's trite. That, that's, that's very trite. <laughs> that's true and right. <laughs> if you go to that website, you can, you can subscribe. Subscribe? Donate. Patronise. You can patronise us. You can give us some of that sweet cash that we need so much for our food and rent and hosting costs and hosting costs and I'll say it bits boxes I'm buying off eBay <laughs> I I have become addicted to buying collections of random games workshop models off eBay it's a sickness it's it's beautiful you can also if you want to ask us a question you can go to HDF podcast on Twitter yeah which uh, gets through to us you can also send us an email at heartydicefriends at gmail .com. I think that's it. I think that is. Now, for the admin. We are going to slide out of a very warm room. Mm. And slide into something more comfortable. A margarita. Yeah, it's it's 11 o'clock. A margarita. margarita. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we, uh, half a margarita. <laughs> Two margaritas. Yes, we're going, to, we're going to go by the pool with you, listener. We're wearing uh, elegant sarongs. Oh, are we? Yeah. I forgot mine. Oh, Chris has just wandered around in his pants. Yeah, sorry. I'm wearing an elegant sarong uh, and a broad hat with flowers in. Oh. Uh, and the little drinks that the, the, the we're drinking uh, from our tray have little little paper umbrellas in. Mine's in a pineapple. Chris has his in a pineapple. He has a margarita in a pineapple. It's not, just gin. Not one of us. It's not a margarita, but we'll move. Chris is drinking gin out of a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> We've managed to rustle up. Half a Corona, which, <laughs> which you can have, and I'm, as you drink it, I'm going to look at it because I want some. <laughs> Stare longingly at your pint. We love you very much. Thank you for your ongoing support. You are the best.